Hey, it's your boy Lauren back again with another episode. Get this, do this, and get paid. Today, I have a very special guest, Jason Stanley. He's the owner of Sundance Kitchen Bath and Exterior, an avid real estate investor. Welcome to the show, Jason. What's going on, man? How are you? You know, I'm blessed and highly favored. Now, tell the listeners something, something that most people don't know about you. Um, most people wouldn't know about me. Um, other than people that are really close to me, um, Top Gun is my favorite movie of all time. Bro, that's that's my favorite too. And I'm Bro. not sure which one is <laughs> is number one or number two now. The first one or second one now. I'm not sure which one's. I think the first one's my favorite of all time. The second would be number two right now. I don't know, man. The second one is pretty, uh, it's pretty damn good too. I'm, it's pretty sick. So I, yeah. So that's so that's so funny. You say that I went, uh, I went and saw the second one. Uh, you know, I the remakes. You know, I had really low expectation. I'm like, man, this is gonna be some bullshit they put on right here. You know, yep. like uh, like the original is already you know hard to top. You know. And I came out like, wow, Tom Cruise doesn't make bad movie. That and I, I don't know what it is. That guy doesn't age either. Like he's I mean, the guy's 60 years old. He looks like he's in his mid 40s. So I, I don't get it. It's Scientology, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he takes care of himself. Yeah, yeah. And then uh he's uh Thing, uh, one of his uh, cast member or um, the person who worked real close to him say that he works like he's still on the first day every time. You know, There's so that to be said for that. I mean, you you can't. Uh, I just saw Sam Sam Kaufman put something out today. Like, don't don't get complacent because you think you made it. And I think we could all be guilty of that at some point or another. Like, oh, I got, I got this. I kind of, I kind of made it. Uh, uh-uh. uh. You got to put the foot on the gas pedal every day. So, right, right. Some truth to that. When um, uh, Alex Homozi say the same thing. When it's easy, go hard. Right. <laughs> uh, so. Tell me a little bit about young uh, John Jason. How uh, where you from? Where you, uh, how how did you get into uh, construction? So I was born um, born and raised in uh, Earlville, Maryland. Uh, Nineteen eighty, I was born. Um, so I just I just had a birthday, New Year's Eve. I just had a birthday a couple weeks ago, about a week ago. Uh, just turned forty three. So. Um, Born and raised in Earlville, Maryland. Uh, my dad uh, actually worked for uh, Johnson Controls, big battery company back back in the day. Um, I think they're still decent size on the battery side, but they do tons of other stuff now. Um, he worked for them for 47 years. Um, yeah, he just retired, I think, uh, years 20. Yeah, he just retired five years ago. So, um, so he, he was there 47 Back in the, um, I would say back in the mid, early 90s, mid 90s, um, he was on strike a lot. They just, they, they were unionized and they were always on strike. I mean, I'm, I'm talking once or twice a year. And um, so when he was on strike, they did home improvement work. Him and his best friend did home improvement work. And I was kind of their grunt. Um, 
<laughs> I, I was a kid that took all the shingles out of the truck and went up the ladder with them and brought them the shingles. And then I oh. cleaned all the stuff up on the ground and same thing with siding. And so we, I just helped him a lot, you know, summertime weekends, um, you know, when he was doing home improvement work on the side for people. Um, and that's how I cut my teeth and learned, you know, learned that side of the business. Um, when I was going into high school into my junior and senior year, um, we kind of had two paths then, right. You had to take a college course or you had to take a, you know, a tech prep course. Right. So I just had kind of decided that college wasn't going to be the thing for me. Um, I like working with my hands and I like working. So, um, I took tech prep. I actually took electrical trades. Um, my dad had just said to me, like, Hey, you kind of already know the carpentry side of the business. Like what is, what's going to be beneficial for you rounding your skills and learning something else or going, taking the same thing you already know how to do. So I, I thought electrical trades would be good. I actually enjoyed, um, electric work. Um, I've done, I did some on the side and, and I did a lot with cars and speaker systems and stuff back when I was in that 16, 17 age bracket. So, um, I kind of liked it, intrigued me. So I did electrical trades, um, graduated, um, from electrical trades and actually, uh, one of the internships that I did where they, they make you go work for free for a week, right. While you're in school. So basically you go to the job Mm -hmm. and you work with those guys. I did three of those. And one of the internships that I did actually called and said, hey, we we would like to have him for summer help when he gets out. So I, I went that summer, my my junior year, and I worked for them um, full time all summer and did that, started there. And then my senior year, um, I was kind of advanced in the program. So they actually had a co-op situation where um, the second half of the year. I only had to go to school for, I needed one gym credit to graduate. I was a gym credit short. (laughs) So I went to school every morning for gym and then I left and went to work. So I made, actually made money. I was actually working while I was still in school. Um, And I was running my own crew in my senior year. Um, So it was, it was, uh, it was definitely good. I picked it up very quickly. I, I mean, it wasn't hard for me to grasp and understand. And I would say probably in 2004. So I'd been there since 1998. Now I worked summer of 98, all of 99, all the way up until 04. And those two other gentlemen and myself started what was then Sundance Homes. And that was the birth of Sundance Homes. We actually just had a, uh, this week is our 20th year in business. So when we started Sundance 20 years ago, um, which is pretty cool. I haven't, uh, I don't think it's sunk in quite yet. I haven't done a whole lot to celebrate 20 years yet, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. But, um, so I started, we started that company together. I, I actually ran the production side of the business. We started off building new homes. I mean, that's what we did because back in 04 new homes were hot. I mean, you, you couldn't build them fast enough. And so we started off, I think the first year we might've built, I think five or six um, new houses. Then we kind of ramped it up and and we were building the next two years. I think we built probably 
um, about 15 or so a year. Um, 2008 came around and kind of hit that market a little hard. Um, 2007, we kind of saw it. I went and took my test um, for my home improvement license. Maryland, you have to have a, a dedicated license just to deal with home improvement work. So I went and took my test in 07, got that. We started branching out and doing home improvement work before 08, before it got bad. Um, 2008, um, 9 and 10 were not good years. Um, 9 and 10, especially uh, for us up here anyway, on the East Coast. And uh, at that point, the um, the partnership had kind of dwindled. There was there was some things going on on the back end that um, weren't so great for for all three of us combined. Um, we made the decision. I sold my shares in that I had actually acquired. They given me shares of the electrical company that I work for, so I was actually part owner of that. Um, I had sold my shares of that back to them, and then they gave me. Sundance as kind of in return. And then we went our separate ways. I kept Sundance and kept it going. And those guys went their separate ways. Um, and then I pretty much started over again in 2010. I mean, it's, you had to start from scratch, basically. You know, that's where we, you know, all the assets got divided. Everything was done and we started back from zero. I did. Um, and then we've, I kind of had a different mindset than they did. They they didn't want any in-house employees. They didn't want any they didn't want any employees. They want to sub everything out and be a, a straight subcontractor to everybody um or have subs work for us and do the work, which is fine when you're building a new house. Mm -hmm. When you do the improvement work, there is an aspect of you need a few you need some in-house guys to work for you to keep control. So Yeah. So uh, you you still talk to those people now, or you got in good time, bad time? We don't we don't talk. You guys don't talk anymore. Maybe maybe if I see them every once in a while, the one the one partner I haven't I I literally haven't spoke to in I've seen him one time since 2010, and that was at his uncle's funeral that I went to, and we just happened to see mm. each other, and we we spoke very briefly, but other than that, we don't we don't communicate or talk with each other some there was some bad blood that went down there with with how things were happening on the back end and um i, I mean i i don't hold any grudges now i mean it's been it's been too long but um i probably should but i don't um other than that it's um the the one partner i'm i'm cordial to i see him every once in a while i talk to him every once in a while um but we don't communicate regularly now. Okay. That's, uh, I mean, whenever there's like, uh, I say there's more than two partner, it's always like, uh, you know, two, it's like me and you, we can just hash it out. There's three, now the dynamic is just completely changed, right? Because two so can were, get... Yeah, they were a father and a son. Oh, okay, okay. So, so two can... father and son and me. Um so, I mean, I, I felt like they were, there was a point in time where I felt like they were family for real. I mean, I did, mm -hmm. but, um, situations very, um, a very odd way of dividing people if you're not ready for it. And mm. I was 
I was ready for it. It's just I was the one at that point in time. I was the one not getting paid. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not good, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was the sole employee for that business. And those two worked in the electric business um, itself um, that we had. And I didn't draw a check from that. And I was drawing a check from Sundance. And I was being told that we didn't have the funds and income to do it. And I was, you know, at that point, I'm 24 years old, 23 years old. So I'm like, uh, I guess at that point I was probably 25, a couple of years in. So it was um, naive and and a, a good learning lesson. So uh, what? The, so now now you start now over. You had some then. You're 25 years old. Did you have any plan, or you just like fuck it? I'm just gonna go do home improvement by myself. Fuck all these motherfuckers. The, the the plan at that point I remember was I just need to survive and make an income. That right. was that was the plan. And it was, I mean, to be quite honest, it was me and one other person. It was me and another carpenter. Like I, I didn't have office staff. I didn't have um anybody to answer the phones. I didn't have anybody to run estimates. I I mean, I was the I was the salesperson, the estimator, and the I'm gonna go get it done guy. So for I would say 2010, 11, 12, I was that guy um, for probably three three years, and then I think in 2013, I finally hired um, I finally hired my first um, office person, like my one and only. All right, you're going to do the accounting, you're going to do all the invoicing, you're going to answer the phones. Um, had finally hired that person. And um, she worked for me for uh, 10 years up until this February. And and we had to, a parting of the ways. Yeah. So how, how did that, uh, how did that first hire help you out? Man? Well, it took, so I had a, I remember I had a, when she first came on, I had a, a cardboard box, right? It was a Staples cardboard box, right? And I had every invoice that I paid with the check stub stapled to it. And I would say they were in somewhat chronological order because they were stacked in the box as I paid them. And when she came on board, I think there was probably eight months of uh, checking, like checking account stuff that hadn't been reconciled. I, like, I'm like, well, I don't need to reconcile this. I know what went in and I know what came out. That's a very naive way to think about it. Um, so it took, I, I think the first month was her going through and reconciling those eight months of bank statements and getting those situations figured out. But just having somebody there on the back end to answer the phone for us, book appointments, um, invoice people, follow up on invoices, follow up on payments. Um, it's huge. I mean, it, it took so much at what I thought that time took so much time off my plate. I was like, oh, I can concentrate on selling more and going, doing more in the field. Right. But it's, um, the first hire was, was definitely, definitely instrumental for us. Um, instrumental for me to get myself removed from that role. Mm. So, um, so that experience in building home, doing electrical, um, what, the what did you take from those uh, those experience and translate into what you're doing right now? Well, I think that 
knowing and understanding how a home is built and put together is a big part of when you're doing remodeling work, right? You're you're trying to like there's a standard way most things get put together in any area, right? Mm. So understanding how those things go together and how the house is built helps really helps you have an understanding when you're in somebody's house, like, oh yeah, this is probably a load bearing wall. This probably isn't, you know, keys you in on things to look for so that, you know, one, I used to think is so keep me out of hot water, but it's more so now, in my opinion, to make sure the customer has a good experience. Cause that's at the end of the day, if you, your customer doesn't have a good experience, period, you, I mean, you won't have a future customer. Mm. You can only burn through so many and then you, you, you don't have them. So, mm. um, I think that knowing how those things are done and constructed really helped me understand, like when I'm in somebody's house, I'm like, yeah, that light fixture's there. That wire probably goes over to this switch. It probably runs through here or there's definitely some stuff in this wall. Like I need to look at this. If we're taking this wall out, there's HVAC ducts and plumbing and electric to go through there. I need to look at that. So it's, it's definitely a big help understanding how those things get put together. That's great, man. I, uh, I, um, when I was remodeling my bathroom, I, I didn't know there was back in, I, part of it was I was young, I was dumb and I didn't know any better. So I started removing the bathroom. So I took yep. the saws off, go straight into the drywall to try and take these towel up. And all of a sudden I hear it's mounted the sawzall plate. I cut the I I cut the wire. Oh yeah. Shut the whole house down, mounted the sawzall <laughs> plate. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Yep. And my my partner's like, I told you, I told you, man, there's a wire in there. You didn't listen to me. I'm like, uh, well, I guess we have to reconnect the play. You're gonna have to hit that with a splice. Yep. So, uh, so then I went to uh, Home Depot, and uh, you know they sell these little little splice thing that you just clip on. Yep. And you know it's it's my house, so it's not like you know somebody else's house. I'm like fuck. You know, that bathroom took me a whole year, bro. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I always say that your house always gets stuff done that's half done because you're always working for somebody else. You know, my 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 basement is like the only room that's done right now. Like I go in my kitchen, it's like half and half, right? My uh, everything else is half and half. I, I you know, so it's like, <laughs> it's like right yeah. now now if i'm doing something somebody come do it i'm 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 done fucking with it <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's my that's my mo now like when we need something done i just put it in i just put it in our production schedule and say look you, you just send these guys over here i'll have all the stuff here waiting for them when yeah. we get a hole just send them over right right yep. right uh so uh when did you decide to to be like Hey, I'm done working in the field. I need to build a team. I'm tired. Um, I would say that I started that probably in 2000. Like the thought I started in 2000 and like 15 or 16. Um, we were going through a, um, we were building in 2000 and 
14, we started a, a house. It was the house was 10,000 square feet and the uh, guest house was 5,000 square feet. And it when I say a house, this thing was a complex. I mean, there was house, a guest house, a swimming pool. Um, I mean, this thing was enormous and it was an enormous amount of work and it was, it was all custom. So about halfway through that, I assigned one of my other project managers to that job. I actually promoted one of the carpenters that um, I had working for me in the field and he had expressed some interest in doing project management. So I kind of had him with me for probably three months, like showing him like, hey, this is how I operate. This is how I follow up with customers. This is how I conduct business, right? Because he knew the he knew the hammer and nail side, right? He just, he didn't necessarily know the customer facing side. So he was probably with me for three months, just riding along, watching me every day. And then I, I transitioned that job over to him. So I could spend some time in the office and try to work on some systems and processes that would get me where I wanted to go. Right. So then I was just, then I was just running estimates. So now I'm, now I'm back to just running estimates and I'm selling the work. I'm not, I'm not hammering nails anymore. I'm not running jobs. And that was difficult for me because I liked, I liked doing the work. I really do. Um, and I liked running jobs and I was, and, and I was good at it. It's, but now I'm now I feel like I'm good at teaching people, like I'm I'm good at educating people inside our organization on how to do it. Like this is how we should try to do this. This is this is going to garner the best customer experience that we can get. Um, so it was probably 2015, 16 when I had that thought that I need to stop doing this, um, so I can concentrate on other areas. And I think. I think now it's like an evolution, right? Because every time you have that thought, like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna get somebody to do this and then I pass this off, right? Now they're doing this. Magically, somehow, you always find more stuff to do. You find stuff that you weren't wow. paying attention to, that you didn't know you weren't paying attention to, and now it comes to the service and you got to pay attention to it. I, it's It's not quite like anything <laughs> I've ever experienced before. <laughs> Yeah, I, I only been in business for three years, but like, uh, first I was building the deck, and I'm like, okay, we get a team. Now I don't have to build a deck. Now I have to put in permit. Now we get the permit taken care of. Now I have to go sell deck. And now there's more people want to work sell more deck. And now, you know, you took a, take a look at your book. Well, we didn't in, put in the reward for these decking that we bought. That's, you know, Five ten thousand dollar right there. So like stuff will always find its way into my desk. Yep. You know, and it's uh, <laughs> and um if you not intentional or careful on what's gonna be the most, I guess, or like your time, then you ended up doing stupid busy tasks. It's like why am I even doing yeah. this, you know? I I mean I'm guilty as charged. Like I, I still fall into that trap. Um, I fall into that trap doing stuff that I shouldn't do um, every once in a while. And then at least now we have a big enough team around us where we can say, all right, we're going to delegate this to this person. And then we just make, 
we make an SOP and we make training, like I, I'm big on training videos, right? I use Loom all the time. And I just explain like, hey, this is how I want to get this done. And if you have a better idea, tell me tell me the better idea and I'll incorporate it. If, if somebody sees something better, I'm always for making it better. But, you know, this is what this is what I got at the time. And this is how I think we need to do it. Um, but I think the, you know, the next evolution to that was, is me getting out of the field running estimates. Um, I mm. haven't, I haven't ran an estimate myself in probably, probably a little over three years. Um, unless oh, somebody's got a that? really technical question that they need me to come look at. Like, I mean, I'll go do a job site visit, but I'm not taking on, I'm not taking on estimates anymore. Like I'm not the one doing them. I I'll, I'll be there next year and I'll be there. I'll be there. I got, I got two, three sales guys starting, uh, this year. So, uh, congrats, man. That, that sounds not, that sounds nice, man. How, how was it <laughs> just like not having anything to do? Well, so it's, it's good, right? But here's, here's the issue that you'll, you know, at least the one I ran into everything I had was up here. So now that I'm not doing it anymore, I got to be able to get that to the guys that are doing it and say, this is how I want you to price this because this is how, like, it can't be me anymore. I got to articulate to them how I want you to price this, which was difficult because, you know, like there's a lot of sales guys out there that are hell of good sales guys, but they don't know nothing about home improvement. They know how to sell. So, I had a couple of those guys that knew how to really sell, but they didn't know anything about how stuff was put together. So now I got to take my expertise in putting it together. And I was an okay salesperson, right? I, I, I did. I held my own. These guys are far and above way better than I ever was. They just lack the technical knowledge of how things happen. So I had to, I had to design a sales estimating program around the fact that they could do things on the square footage, linear footage, or by the piece that would get me to the number that we needed to get to. And that's, I would say, still at an evolution daily, you know, or we at least weekly, like I find stuff that like, all right, I got to improve on this, or I got to improve on that. Um, and that's holding those guys accountable is probably the biggest takeaway from hiring salespeople that I would give somebody, you got to have checks and balances, right? If you tell them to sell it at here, right? When it's done, you got to check it, make sure they sold it here. Because if it's up here, that's good. If it's down here, that's no good. So keeping an eye on, on salespeople is a, um, the checks and balances on what they're selling, how they're selling it, how you ask them to sell it, and then how it ended up. So that if if we you get a bad one, right, you got to sit down with them and say, hey, look, this is where it went bad. I mean, when I look at a one of the things I do now is I, I do job audits. We we do ours 30 days after the job's closed. So when a job's closed, we have a report comes out of our CRM. It just says, hey, here's what was closed 30 days ago. I go in our CRM and I look at that point, the P&Ls are in there. I go back and pull them up and I say, okay, the first thing I look at is what margin did it come in at? If it came in at margin, I don't really have to look a whole lot further. If it came in over, because we we reward our salespeople with overage. So if it came in over, then we we owe them some money. 
if it came in under, then I got to start asking the production guys like, hey, what happened here? Did something go wrong on our end on production or did they not sell it right? And it's a pretty quick answer usually like, hey, we had a problem on the job. You know, if we have a problem internally in production, it's not the salesperson's fault. Now, if they didn't sell the job right and, you know, then we held them accountable because that is their fault. So doing, doing job audits and looking at looking at those P&Ls when they're done is a huge part of one growing, growing as a production team and growing as a sales team. Because the one thing I experienced um, early on is that the production team is focused on getting it done and the sales guys are focused on selling it. And typically those guys have to work together at some point. And you don't want you don't want that animosity growing between production and sales. Like all these sales guys, they don't they all they do is sell it and then they check out and they don't have anything to do. I mean, mm. there is some truth to that, but you know, typically um, your salespeople have the one of the what I say in the eyes of people that work every day as far as nail bangers, eight hours a day, ten hours a day, they have one of the easier jobs because they just go they think they just ride around truck all day and sell stuff. I mean, their job's way harder than that, but that's, you gotta, you gotta try to bring those guys together and, and make them understand that one doesn't happen without the other. Everybody plays a role. Right. Uh, and I think, uh, it's, uh, it's sales, uh, sales are crucial, right? Because, uh, it's hard to find a good sales guy. It's hard to find a good and honest sales guy. It's really hard yeah. to find a good, honest and hardworking sales guy. You know, uh, and if you got old tree, you got a rock star, but usually that's the, that's the owner, <laughs> you know? So uh, I've seen some, uh, I've had some really bad ones and I've had some really good ones like superstars. Mm-hmm. And at least what I can tell you is the accountability side. If you can have accountability from step one with a salesperson, things tend to go a lot smoother throughout the process because you'll find out very, very, very soon if they're not producing the way they need to be. And then if they're not selling the way they need to be, and then it's a much easier conversation to have versus early on, like in the process of of them working for you, it's a lot easier to coach them. My, my general manager, Jordan, has, a, has an expression, coach them up or coach them out. Mm. And, you know, it's a lot easier to kind of early on to have those discussions and kind of push them in the direction that you want them to go or that you need them to be versus letting them freewheel for a year and then going, Oh shit. Like this dude's not selling. He's not selling anything where he's supposed to be selling it. He's missing appointments. He's, he's not following up with appointments. So it's almost like it's hard. You need a sales manager and that's hard. And a lot of times it's, you know, as the owner, right. It's, it's, I don't have one right now. It's me. On the exterior side, I have I actually have one for our interior kitchen bath. Um, she was my lead salesperson and she now um, is still does a few appointments here and there, but she mainly runs and coaches our interior designers. Um, on the exterior side, it's me right now, which that that mm-hmm. is on my on my hiring list this year as a as a sales manager for my exterior guys. So I can get away from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like you run two division, interior and exterior. We do. We, we have mm. separate salespeople for each one. Um, 
my interior designers only do kitchen bath. That's all. I mean, that's all they do. And my exterior guys only do roofing, windows, uh, siding, doors, and decks. That's all we do on the exterior side. And it's it works fairly well because, like, to find a salesperson that can do both is very difficult. And do both at a very mm-hmm. high level is super difficult. Because mm. you're, you're changing mm. gears so many times. I mean, because mm. our process for exterior sales is totally different than our process for interior sales. It's a, it's just a different process. Mm. So we, mm-hmm. we feel like separating, like finding specific salespeople and designers for the interior is the right way to do it. And then having specific sales guys for the exterior products is, is the right way to do it for us. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, man, that's, uh, I, I took some notes. Uh, I'll be like, don't, don't let the sale guys get away with shit. Don't let the sales guy get away with stuff. <laughs> I mean, you're, at, at some point they're, they're going to get away with like, they're going to get away with some stuff. I mean, it's just, you know, Uh, I always say you can't have a, you can't have such a hard line that they want to quit. Right. What I do when I find something new that I don't like, I, I try to sit them down and say, Hey, I don't like this. And let's, let's not have, let's not do this again. And then if it happens again, then I can kind of take a little bit more of a hard line and say, hey, look, we talked about this back on this date and I told you don't do that anymore and you did it. So like now it's going to come out of now it's going to come out of your side. Um, so I had two sales guys last year who both didn't work out. One of them didn't. Uh, he didn't make it past the winter blues. Um, you know, it's just I trained him up really good. Good, good young kid, ambitious, but the winter just like nobody buying in winter, and you know, yeah. and you have you have, you really have to be a really good sales guy that can make a strong offer to get people to move in winter, and it, maybe he didn't know how to do that yet, but before we strike it rich in the spring, he quit, and I call all his lead back, close a bunch of deal on that, so they they won't rate it yet, right? The second sales guy, he's he's a roofer, roofing sales guy. So he sell, he's taking everything is uh, already paid for. So he was like either bid it really high or go really low just so he can keep his close rate. So then, I think in May, in May we didn't make any money because of uh, you know I'm having to chase him chase behind him to fix his all his bad deal because if you sell a fifteen thousand dollar deck at eleven thousand dollar i mean everybody gonna be signing up for that shit right so i was able when you're giving it away yeah yeah so uh so i'm like so he didn't last long i let him go pretty fast and then uh he was more or less likely dishonest as well uh but now uh i I basically, I'm like, you know, I'm going to actually put a recruiting process together and, uh, you know, actually put in, uh, you know, category and how much money they're going to make and actually recruit people. So I got like 61 candidates right now. So we, wow. we narrowed down to, to, to three people. And then, uh, 
you know, everybody. Because, I mean, we sell decks, man. It's not like, fuck. It's, it's not like you're out here, you know, coming up with fucking countertops and, and you know, tile. And we, we sell decks. It's like the pricing model is already there. <laughs> when the, the one thing and, and that I've talked extensively, extensively with Mike Claudio about is do you guys do too much stuff? And the end of the day, the answer is probably yes. But when something's, when I say something soft, right? Like right now for us, roof, roofing is soft right now because it's, it's January, right? And it's like, nobody's buying roofs right now, but our doors and windows are good and kitchen and bath is still good, right? Right now. So we, I've always looked at it as more of a diversification where when one thing isn't working so great, like something else is taking its spot. Um, and I see so many guys in, in like, at least in this area, like roofers, roofers only in our area, this time of year, they take their, they take the shoes off, take the pants off. They take it all off and they're just giving it away because they have to. And I understand like they have people, they got to keep busy. <laughs> they got employees and they got office. They got lights. They got to keep on. Like I get it. Um, I just don't like participating in that because like at the end of the day, if you don't make any money, you're probably losing money. If you think you're breaking even, you're probably losing money. Um, so I do, I do like the, um, the thought of having one thing to sell. That would be awesome. And cause you could be really, really, really good at just that one thing. I thought for me though, when we were trying to scale um, and grow, diversification was better for us. Like it, it just kept, it kept the, it kept the cog turning all the time with something. Mm. Now I will say we've scaled back a lot of what we do as far as we used to do like basements and all this odd, like interior remodel stuff. Like we'll go pull a wall down for you. Um, it, we would have to be extremely slow to go do some one-off stuff right now like that. Like, we're really honed down on kitchen and bathroom remodeling and then our exterior products lines. And that's, that's pretty much what we do. Yeah. So uh, pretty much two division, but, uh, yep. but the, 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 the nice thing that, um, that uh, having, uh, having multiple services is like, Hey, Mrs. Smith, you already got the kitchen done from us. You know, maybe I'll send you a direct mail. Hey, you know anybody that need a bathroom? Or maybe you do. Boom. No, bathroom. Oh, you need siding? You need a yeah. deck? You need a roof? You know, so you can target. Uh, so that's what I miss from not having a, a multiple offering. But then, you know, you can't have, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? So uh, so for us, it's like, yeah. it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's it's always an acquisition game for us. Always, always new people, always new client. I can't retard. I can't sell them another deck. There's only one deck in the house, right? It's true. I mean, if you could figure out, like later on, if you could figure out something that, like, are your deck guys your 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 guys that do your decks are they subs? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say if you had in-house guys, you could figure out like something to do in the winter, like gutter cleanings or like gutter guards. Um, 
you know, just something simple that you could get in, you could get into during the winter. Um, mm. I, I had, um, we, we tossed around some ideas about pressure washing, you know, getting a pressure wash crew together and selling pressure wash services. But that's, that normally happens right in the spring, right when we're getting ramped up at all our other stuff. And I was like, it's, it's just not a, I mean, it's just the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Uh, yeah, we, we ran the number and then uh, I'm okay with not working with her, bro. Like I'm, I'm not one of those guys that, uh, that care about a little overhead. Like we already back that into the cost. And then I yep. have, I have the money sitting there just, uh, but we, we still sell. Yeah. We still run lead. We still sell. So the revenue is not realized yet, but we like, when it warms up, I'm just going to go out with a band. You know, turn, and we'll be turn we'll them on be, and turn them out. We'll be able to generate the revenue so quick that when you were selling a deck, I'm already doing them. Yep. Right. Uh so we we tested it <laughs> in the past three years. Max we have to be down for six weeks. And then uh, you know, and the, the sub knows the sub know that's why we switched to the old sub model. It's like you make so much fucking money throughout a year. This six week, maybe go fix your house or something. Do something that uh, you haven't done for yourself, you know. Like, uh, but we throughout the two months, we we just burning cash. Yeah, uh, you know. We, we were we used to do our decks in house. I mean, that, to be honest with you, if if you ever see any of my trucks and my truck wraps, they're all they're all like wood grain, right? That. That's what my old truck wraps used to be because that's honestly when I started when I when I in 2010 when I kind of rebranded went out on my own or like took Sundance over again by myself. That's all I, I did a lot of decks. I mean that's because I could do them. It was easy. I didn't have to be inside somebody's house. Right. And um, so we did a lot of decks, like a lot. And um, I like decks still to this day. It's just we have a ton of people near us that. Well, I mean, they, they just do, they do them for nothing. And mm. we just don't play we, like, again, we, we try to build the value in like, this is how mm. we build them. This mm. is, these are the things that you should look for. I've been in business 20 years. I mean, I got a list of deck referrals five miles long. Um, And that, Hey, look, you know, we, we get the ones that we're meant to get. That's why I look at it. We Bye. get the customers we're meant to Bye. get. Right. So, um, uh, one, what would, uh, what's the advice you would give, uh, you know, maybe a, a young guy to start now and, uh, you know, looking to strike it rich in this industry, what, what, what advice would you give him? I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you like something that Clifton told me and it rang true with me. People do what you People don't do what you expect. They do what you inspect. And that goes, that goes for every part of your business. So if like you pass something off to somebody, like I, I'm I'm literally just on, I'm, I'm in the tail end of going through this where I had some people um, in another <laughs> office that I put in charge. And I thought they were really, really good people. I thought they were doing mm-hmm. a really, really good job. And I didn't inspect what they were doing. So what I expected is that they were doing a good job. And when I inspected it, that was not the case. And it, it 
I mean, it really, really, really put us in a bind this past year. 2023 is, was probably the most troublesome and and one of the best years that we've ever had. It was like it was like getting kicked in the stomach 15 times and then getting up each time and trying to get better from getting kicked in the stomach. Um, but, you know, I would say that you got to you got to keep your you got to keep a close eye on on a lot of the things that matter. You need KPIs and you need to understand what they are and you need to keep a close eye on them and you need to keep a close eye on the people that you put in charge of those things. Mm. And it's easier said. It's uh, it's a whole lot easier said than done a lot of times. Mm. Mm. So good, man. So good. Hey, man. Uh, thank you for coming on to uh, my podcast. Um, young new podcast, but there's a lot of good information that is being shared so far. And man, 20 years years in the game, you've seen some stuff, man. You know, but uh, I think that uh, I think you're gonna like Clifton working with him. I do. I, yeah. I mean. I'm- couple months i've been with clifton now and it's it's been it's been yeah. awesome i like clifton a lot yeah it's like you know but uh he's he's been a a great influence in uh in the way i conduct personal um personally and uh, professionally so um for that i'm very grateful i'm grateful for people like you that been in the game for so long that uh come on here and share with wisdom because there's a lot of guys that are listening right now that they they don't know what's the next step is is going to be they don't know uh if there's uh, what they're going through is so unique right but it's not everybody go to the same shit it's cash flow it's marketing it's sales it's production it's sop it's the same fucking bullshit that we are having problem on you know so uh and you're right. Getting in, getting in a room, getting in a room with other people that are at different stages of the game, right? You get guys that are here, 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 here. You know, you get in a room with all those people, right? And you'll, you will ultimately get insights and advice from all, all levels, right? There's, there's guys that I got advice from that do way less business than than I do, right? As far as the volume. And I'm like, man, that's a really good idea. I didn't think about it like that. And then I'll say something that I've done for, you know, 15 out of the 19 or out of the 20 years. And they'll be like, damn, like, I didn't even figure that out. Like, so you're, if, if I would say one thing is you always got to keep an open mind and, and want to be improving, right? If you can figure out how you're going to get better and try to do it daily, I mean, it, it's what, I think Mike says, you know, just get 1% better every day. Right. And if you can keep an open mind to that and just don't stay stale, like, Oh, I got to figure it out. I don't need any help. I, I think that's a big part to it is understanding that you can improve. There's something you can improve on every day. Doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you pick something and yeah. I'm sure you can improve it. Yeah. So it's like the more I do, the more I don't know. I mean, it's like, <laughs> the one thing- the one thing I one of the things I tell our staff, right, is that if you have the ability and understanding of wanting to do something, you can figure it out. It's when you don't want to do it, your will to figure it out is a lot less. So. Mm. All right, man. Hey, uh, great, great episode. Appreciate you. Uh, and Brother, I appreciate you having me on. This, okay. this is the first ever podcast I've ever done. Hey, won't be the last one.
Let's hope not, man. Let's touch base soon. All right.